0: line podcast hey what's going on this is the bottom line podcast presented by anchor.fm your home for sports and entertainment talk jerry Finizzi, new bill piano with you we hope you're doing well as always thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen We truly appreciate it. Before we introduce our very special guest, hit us up on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BottomlineWMCX. And don't forget to use the hashtag Bottomline. Now, Neil, in case our audience is not aware, our good friend and co-host Austin Myers has been unable to join us this week. But do not fret. Everything is okay with him. He's just been busy with work and everything. So he'll be joining us in the next episode. So don't you worry about that. He is still part of this podcast. He is not going anywhere. But thankfully, you and I are not alone today, as today we will be, unfortunately, ripping into the New York Yankees once again, as quite frankly, they deserve it, even though you and I have ripped on them one too many times this season. But quite frankly, they deserve it again. But thankfully, we are not alone to discuss this. We have on with us the host of the Yapping Yankees podcast, which is very well known at this point. Go subscribe to it if you have not done so already. I'll leave a link in the description section on both youtube and on all audio platforms ladies and gentlemen we are proud to have on mike scudario mike first of all thank you so much for joining us welcome to the podcast how you doing my friend
1: i am good thank you guys so much for having me i really appreciate it i'm looking forward to talking about our yanks today (laughs) dude of course it's
0: our pleasure so let's not waste any more time here and jump straight into it. actually before we get started make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching on youtube and hit the bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio platforms include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Now we can get in the swing of things. So at the time of this recording, it's important to note that the Yankees are playing the Orioles in game two of their three game set. They won seven to two last night, September 14th So this is the second game. Uh, game three will be tomorrow, the 16th. And then uh, let's face it. It probably does not get easier because of the way they've been playing recently. But you know what? Hey. It's baseball. Anything can happen, but at this point, I've got no expectations. But let's let's just jump right into it anyway. So, Mike, I'm going to get to you in just a second here, if you don't mind, Neil. But at the time of this recording, and obviously this will obviously this will be updated as we go along here. At the time of this recording, the the New York Yankees currently sit at 81 and 64, eight and a half, eight and a half games back of the division. Which, let's face it those that are saying the division is still there no it's not the division race is over sorry it is not going to happen the Rays are going to eclipse the division because clearly the Rays are a much better team than the Yankees because what have we always said Neil what's the difference between the Rays and the Yankees the Rays may have a lower payroll but they have guys that can actually hit not just the home run either that's the difference so Let's just leave it at that. The Rays have the best record of the American League, and it's going to show once they clinch the division sometime this week or next week. So take the division out of it. It is over. We don't want to hear it on this show. All right? Oh, and by the way, I know I mentioned this on social media as well, but if you have questions for um, for the three of us, leave them on social media at BottomlineWMCX. You can also follow Mike on all social media, which we'll get into in a little bit. But, Mike... I know you've had your share of rants on your podcast, which by the way, is tremendous. By the way, I really enjoy listening. No, no, of course. So I guess just uh, look, if you want to rant, feel free to, this is the place for it. Not just your own podcast. You can rant on here as well because Neil and I have quite a bit to say as well, but just kind of give your overall thoughts on this recent stretch for the Yankees and what expectations you have, if you even have any at this point.
1: Uh, well,
0: <laughs> take, take your time, take your time. No rush.
1: So, so it's a lot. Um. <laughs> so this, I mean, listen, this recent stretch, it's, it's a product of what we've seen so much this year. I mean, you've seen the Yankees. Are, I said it on my show this past week. I said, the Yankees are either the best team in baseball or the worst team in baseball. There's no, there's absolutely zero middle ground. Um, they'll go. They started off the se- season five and ten. Then they'll go thirty-five and eleven. And they'll, then, then they'll go one and seven. And they'll go three and fourteen. It's and then they'll go again. And they'll go back to being like twenty-three and nine. It's it's either you get the best of the best or the worst of the worst. Yep. Um, which is, is is maddening on on levels that can't even be comprehended. But um, but right now, basically at this point, I think it's pretty obvious that. When when it comes to the Yankees, um, as far as their playoff chances and what's going for the rest of the season for the next two and a half weeks we have left, it's just gonna be a matter of hitting a hot streak at the right time. Because, yeah. because if the if the Yankees listen, they got they, they're getting off of such a bad stretch right now that if that's in that if that's any indication of anything at all, then it's very possible that we could be gearing up for a huge hot streak here, which would be perfect because there's no better time for it to happen, just like in the last few weeks there's been literally no worse time for the cold streak to happen <laughs> so true true so it's it's honestly if they can go on a hot streak right now and build on the two games in a row they've won so far and take that into the playoffs and through and we get another four weeks five weeks of the best of the best yankees they could buy some miracle actually run through and win this damn thing who the hell knows they, they, this season has been so unbelievably unpredictable that despite how unprecedented it would be if the yankees managed to somehow win the world series i I, i'm not going to sit here and tell you that i wouldn't believe it because i would because what what don't you believe after everything we've seen at this point nothing Mm -hmm. so but at the same time the yankees have also made their unbelievably stupid mistakes that step one to breaking the cold streak is stop making the mental mistakes like dumb fielding that with with glaber torres i i gotta tell you right now I'm, this is very irrational. Don't take this seriously. But last night I was sitting with my brother and I was saying, "Listen, after he made that error at second base, they just they just moved around the entire infield to accommodate Gleyber Torres." And I was sitting right next to my brother, and I said, "Listen, at this point, I'm I, if you give me a bag of Doritos, I'm giving you Gleyber Torres at this point. Get him off the team." <laughs> I, I I was so upset, but um, I of course have since taken that back because I don't really mean that. But um. <laughs> But honestly, like my, my patience with Labor Torres is at an all-time low. Um Gio Rochelle has obviously had his struggles, but he actually has somewhat of a reason, unlike Labor. He he went through COVID months ago, then he got right. hurt and he was out for weeks. So it's whatever with him, even though it's still frustrating to watch. And then you have your other uh, underperformers, like DJ's underperformed this year. Um oh, the yeah. bullpen, the bullpen is exhausted, which is oh. why which is why last night on the 14th, I was so unbelievably frustrated that he just didn't leave Michael King in, so they could have given the bullpen a night off. But, so decision-making like that, fielding, and, and just the fundamentals of the base running all season long, the outs on the bases they've made, it's, it's just a variety of things. And when you eliminate those, that's usually when you see the Yankees get into their element, where you see the best of the best. But then when they come back with all that other stuff, double plays included, the double play Kings. Oh, um, my, oh my God. So this is when you get the bad part of them. So it's just a matter of when they're planning on hitting a hot streak. If they do continue to plan on building on what they've had going on right now, these last couple of days, and they do have a favorable schedule, but that doesn't really mean much because they had a favorable, favorable schedule a week and a half ago and didn't do much with it. So, exactly. so it's, Honestly, the key of it is when are the Yankees planning on hitting a hot streak if they do plan on hitting a hot streak? And if they do, then watch out for them. Because when they're the best of the best, nobody wants to play them. But when they're the worst of the worst, literally the Orioles want to play them. So,
0: (laughs) And that says something.
1: That's the difference. And they wanted to play them at the stadium because they beat them two out of three. So if the Yankees plan on going on a hot streak soon, look out. If they don't, then nothing's going to happen. That's basically my prognosis.
0: Yeah, and no, you mentioned the Orioles. I mean, I think the other difference to point out, and Neil, I'll get to you in a second, I promise. The other difference as to why the Yankees will not clinch the division is what the rest of the American League East has done against the Orioles. You realize Tampa Bay is 18-1 and against the Orioles, and the rest of the American League has been trouncing all over them? Ever since Boston got swept by them many months ago, they better not tear against the Orioles. And by the way, speaking of Boston, if you're a school board watching at home at the time of this recording, uh, they're currently tied at three with the Seattle Mariners in the top of the ninth inning. So that's uh, something to keep an eye on for the uh, wild card race there. But that's the thing the Yankees, as of right now, are 10 and seven against the Orioles, who are 50 plus games under 500. That to me is inexcusable. Inexcusable. You should be doing what you did last night every single time you play the Orioles. You should have been doing that the whole damn season, but no, for some reason, whenever the Orioles come to town, or whenever you're in Camden Yards, no, you always seem to have your struggles. Why? I'll never know. The only couple of relevant players to meet on the Orioles are Cedric Mullins, who's having an unbelievable year and Trey Mancini. I well, Trey Mancini's been, been hurt. And Mountcastle is actually having a pretty decent year as well. He's still young. He's 24. He's having a pretty decent season. But other than that, oh, and John Means, who has a no-hitter, but really, who cares? But but that's beside the point. But that's the bottom line with me. The reason why the Yankees are struggling the way they are is for the reasons you just said, Mike, and Neil and I have been echoing it all season long. They can't hit. They can't field. Their bullpen is drained. They cannot go no longer than at least half an inning at this point, they're so exhausted. And they just can't get the big hits. Your best player this season has been Aaron Judge. And do you realize Aaron Judge in his last 21 games is batting near 350 with an on-base percentage of 386? 386. This man's been literally virtually carrying this team on his back. And they still can't get anything right. And Stan's been in a recent hot streak as well, although when he gets cold, my God, does he get cold. I mean, (laughs) when he gets cold, I literally want to strangle him like there's no tomorrow. I love the guy, but can you be more consistent with your at-bats, please? And that goes for everybody, too, not just Stan, not just Judge, not just DJ. And by the way, speaking of DJ LeMahieu, you mentioned he's having a quiet year. Do you hear anybody else talking about that fact? Not really, not really, besides the three of us here. Now, granted, he still gets his hits, but the man is batting 260. That's not DJ LeMahieu-like. DJ LeMahieu-like is batting near in the 300s to damn near 350. That's the DJ LeMahieu we expect, but he signed that six-year deal in the offseason, and it's his first year on the deal, and look, he hasn't been performing the way we want him to. Maybe that could change next year? We don't know but the bottom line is DJ LeMahieu has not been the same D- DJ LeMahieu as we would like to see. Now, again, let's see if that changes, but look again, Neil, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Cause I, you're probably exhausted about bashing this team, but Mike and I have had a lot to say. I'm sure you do as well just to kind of cap this off. If the Yankees are going to make the playoffs and that's a big if at this point, because again, who knows what could happen if they do, they, they better they better fix a lot of things. Because at this point, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, I, I, I don't see them doing it. I don't see them doing it. I really, really don't. Because the way the season has gone, it's been so streaky and so frustrating, it's a joke. So, look, I'm not saying it's impossible, but at this point of the season, I don't see it. I'm sorry. I just don't see a scenario where the Yankees are going to finish in the wild card spot because they can't beat the bad teams the way they're supposed to. And they're just way too streaky, especially when it comes to some of their batters and their pitching. I'm sorry. I'm just calling it like it is. Neil, the floor is yours.
2: I really don't want to do this. Like, I really don't because I'm tired <laughs> none, of doing it.
0: None, none, none of us did. Also, none Jimmy, of us did. Jimmy
2: when, I, when I start going, don't interrupt me. I'm just okay. letting you know that right now. Do not interrupt me. Don't, don't, even, don't even try. <clears throat> the Yankees haven't even been to the World Series since 2009. They've been to the American League Championship Series twice or three times since 2009. They had Joe Girardi for a long time after 2009, and they continued to keep him, even though the team was not, was clearly not living up to expectations. And then they finally let him go after an impressive 2017 team that really had no business being in the playoffs, let alone game seven of the American League Championship Series. This team nearly went to the World Series in 2017 with all young guys, with the highest paid player on the team, being freaking Matt Holliday or Headley. That was literally like the two highest paid players on the team. And so the Yankees decided to go with Aaron Boone, and Aaron Boone is a puppet. Aaron Boone has very little to no control of this team except the lineup, which he continuously changes for no reason. Um, he even did it today, going into tonight's game. He changed the lineup. Why? What was the, What is the point of that? Why is Judge batting second? Again, why is Judge batting second at all? I don't understand why they continue to do that. Um, It doesn't make any sense to me. You could still have him bat third, and he could still get on in the first inning. And if he hits a home run, and it's two guys on instead of three, and it's two guys on instead of one, that's, you know, last time I checked, three runs is better than two. That's the way that I look at it. But When I look at this Yankee organization, it starts at the top. Quite frankly, how Steinbrenner could care less about the team's success. He's shown that over the last many years that he's owned this team. And I know that he's gone out and gotten Giancarlo Stan. I know that he spent a lot of money to get Garrett Cole. I know that he spent a lot of money to keep DJ LeMahieu. But the bottom line is simply that he has spent a crap load of money for the majority, not all, but for the majority on guys that are... Home run hitters that strike out a lot. I was not a fan, nor am I still not a fan of getting Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo, when he got to the Yankees, was already leading the majors in strikeouts. And guess what? He has struck out twice as much since he got to New York. He's come through in some good situations and hidden home runs. Let You know, there's nothing, you know, I understand that. But he's batting, he's batting nearly below the Mendoza line. That's really ridiculous. Getting Anthony Rizzo made no sense unless you were really getting rid of Luke Voigt, which you ended up not doing because Luke Voigt was hurt and nobody's going to take Luke Voigt being injured. So once you brought in Rizzo, it was a very awkward thing of, well, Luke Voigt's here. And so is Anthony Rizzo. Now I do believe that Anthony Rizzo will not be on the Yankees next season. I believe he'll go back to Chicago because he already publicly stated he's probably going back to Chicago, regardless of what the Yankees do this season. But as far as Luke Voigt is concerned, I don't know. Um, People want to blame the Yankees players and players only for why this team is struggling the way that it is. But the reality is simply that if you want to blame somebody, you have to blame the organization as a whole. You have to blame ownership of this team for why the team has been this way. The Yankees, again, have not been to the World Series in over a decade. If the late George Steinbrenner was still alive, he would have done a lot of things differently even now. If this team was struggling the way that's been struggling this year, this would not fly. The Yankees lost the season series to the New York Mets. They beat them twice the entire year. How the hell does that even happen? The Mets are terrible in many ways. Look at what they just did the day after or two days after they finished up beating the, the, the Yankees in a series, they got shut out at home to the Cardinals Their offense is still struggling. Their pitching is suspect because half the time they're all on the injured list. And the Yankees still found a way to lose two out of three. They lost several at home, and they lost several on the road. That's really sad. George Steinbrenner would have been losing his mind, losing a season series to the Mets. Last week, they got swept by the Toronto Blue Jays. By the way, not leading the entire series, every game. All of the innings they played against the Blue Jays in that series, they did not lead once. That is ridiculous. Now, the Toronto Blue Jays are without a doubt the hottest team in baseball. There's no debating that. The Toronto Blue Jays, what the Yankees did is give the Toronto Blue Jays the emotional belief that they could make the playoffs and really get something going. The Blue Jays, two weeks ago, were dead in the water. They were not a team expected to make the playoffs. Now, they're the first wildcard team. With a, and a record of 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They put up 22 runs against the, tr- against the same Orioles team that the Yankees are playing right now. The last time the Yankees played the Orioles, they lost to them in a series. That's ridiculous. The Orioles, like you mentioned, Jimmy, are 50 games below 500. Yep. 50. That's unacceptable. But it is acceptable when the organization does not care. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, the interest of the owners is not the same as the interest of the fans. The fans want to win. The ownership does not. This is vindicative. Yep. Because Hal Steinbrenner makes money hand over fist, regardless of whether or not the Yankees win the World Series or even make the playoffs. And that is the that is the reality. And people wanna people don't want to admit it, but it's the it's the harsh reality of what you're seeing. Aaron Boone has no business being a manager. But the Yankees will keep him long term because he will do whatever the organization tells him to do. The Yankees need a manager that is not afraid to do what he needs to do for this team to win and actually understands that when you're on a hot streak, like they did when they won 13 in a row, you don't touch the lineup. And that's what he did during those 13 games. He did not touch the lineup. But the second they lost the game, he started changing the lineup again. And they lost. And they struggled. And they're in a position where they're fighting with two other teams within their own damn division to try to make the playoffs with one of the two wildcard spots. Let's look at the final couple of series the Yankees have this year. They're facing Baltimore now. Then they go home and play Cleveland and then Texas, two teams that they very well should beat, two teams that are nowhere near making the playoffs this year. Then they have three very important series against the Red Sox in Boston. Three in Toronto against these same Blue Jays that just swept them in four straight. And then you finish the year with three games at home against Tampa. The Yankees should dominate Baltimore, should dominate Cleveland, should dominate Texas. Should. Emphasis on the word should. Then when they play the Red Sox and Blue Jays, somebody needs to get in these guys' faces and say, we need to win these series. You want to make the playoffs? You want to make a run? This is the time to do it. As Mike mentioned before, this would be the appropriate time to get on a hot streak. This would be an appropriate time to win 10 or 11 or 13 games. This would be the time. But if the Yankees slip up like they've been slipping up, they're not even going to make the playoffs. They're going to lose. They're going to finish out of the wild card. And everybody's going to be asking and begging the Yankees to make changes. And the reality is, is that the Yankees will not do anything. They will not do anything because they haven't done anything. That is the thing here. And there are guys on this team that have been given way too many opportunities that need to go. Mike mentioned Glaber Torres. I firmly agree that he needs to go. And I'm being serious. I think he needs to go. I think that he has become a liability in the field. I think he's become a liability with the bat. I just think, quite frankly, he's just not the guy anymore. Then you look at Gio Urshela, who was basically a gift. The Yankees got lucky that they got Gio Urshela, and he came out of nowhere to really become that third baseman. I'm not really wild about Gio Urshela anymore. I think the Yankees could go out and get somebody better than him, even if it's somebody within their own organization. I think they could do it. Uh, DJ, I mean, DJ, this is a down year for him. I don't really give it much thought, because if the Yankees make the playoffs, DJ is going to come through. Because DJ right. has that it factor. DJ is clutch. Jimmy at least knows my feelings towards Gary Sanchez. Yes. He is one of the worst players I've ever seen. He really is bad. He doesn't care. And the Yankees don't try to fix his problems. And that's really, you know, everybody loves the fact that he hits 30 plus home runs a year. But most people completely forget about, oh, when he gets into the postseason, if the Yankees make the postseason, he bets less than hundred sometimes. He just looks lifeless. He doesn't hustle. And whenever he gets a hit that's, other, it's, that's not a home run, it's like the greatest thing we've ever seen because it just doesn't happen. On Monday, when the Yankees came back from down five, nothing to beat the Minnesota Twins, the lonely Minnesota Twins, Gary Sanchez actually came through in a clutch situation with a game-winning single, which I didn't expect him to do because he never does that but Gary Sanchez has been a waste of time for the last several years and needs to go. He needs to go. I really wish they had kept Austin Romine because honestly Romine would be a lot better right now. And then you look at guys like Aaron Hicks who hasn't played basically the whole year and is getting paid $10 million for the next four or five years. And he is awful in general. He needs to go. Gardner needs to freaking retire. I am so done with Brett Gardner. Jimmy likes to defend him on social media all the time, but the reality is Jimmy Brett Gardner is not an everyday outfielder. He is not. He will never be ever again an everyday outfielder. He needs to retire because he is hurting the rest of this team. Believe me on that. They have guys that have the same amount of speed as Brett Gardner. Tyler Wade, who I still don't understand why he's still on this team, he must have an, an illegal picture of Brian Cashman having sex with a dog for him to still be on on this team, I don't understand why he's still here because he bets well below 200 all the time. And the only thing that he's good for is his speed on the base pads, which isn't saying a whole lot. And then you have Aaron Judge, who honestly is, without a doubt, as you mentioned, the best player on this team. The Yankees are wasting his prime by not doing the things that they need to do, by having guys around him that could come through in clutch situations. Three-quarters of this team does not do that. Three-quarters of this team strikes out. But there is one thing about Aaron Judge that pisses me off, and it's a combination of his fault and the organization as well. He continuously swings at pitches low and outside. When you look at the entire organization and you want to put blame, You have to put blame on ownership like you really do. I don't think us as sports fans do a a good enough job of really evaluating everything from bottom to top. I think we only look at the team and coaching and even to a lesser extent, the GM and constantly go after them. But in reality, if the ownership, if the owner wants this team to be the way that it is, that's just what it's going to be. And I don't think that if George Steinbrenner was still owning this team and if he was still alive, I don't think the organization would be this way. Changes would have been made. The issue is is that even if the Yankees don't make the playoffs this year, the chances of big changes happening is pretty slim. That because, again, when you look at the body of work over the last 10, 11 years, from 2009 to now, what major changes have really happened other than players? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. They've made the playoffs. They've made it to the ALCS a couple times, but they haven't gone back to the World Series. New York has not been home to the World Series in over a decade. And I don't even remember the last time that was the case. I think like the 40s. Was that like literally the last time? I don't even remember. Or the 80s. Uh, I have no idea. Sounds about right. Yeah. I have no idea. So when you look at this. This is a very frustrating organization because on paper, they're a very talented team, but at the same time, the organization has put itself in a position where they really honestly and truly don't care enough, and they're losing the teams that they are better than. They are better than the Blue Jays, yet they got swept by them. They're better than the Red Sox, yet they've struggled all year against a Red Sox team that newsflash really wasn't trying to win this year. They really haven't been trying to win, but they're right in the middle of everything. They're right in the thick of it. They've been struggling against the Orioles, a team that is legitimately trying to lose as much as possible. Yet the Yankees have only won 10 of the 17 games they've played against them up until now. So if you think about it, if the Yankees had lost last night, the Yankees' record against the Orioles would have been 9-8, and knowing that if they lost tonight, they'd be 9-9. and I mean, they could still end up being ten and nine against the Orioles this year if they lose tonight and they lose tomorrow, which would be ridiculous. Um, but but again, look, all I could say to Yankee fans is that the chances of the Yankees making the playoffs is pretty slim, and even if they make the playoffs, the chances of them going far is also very slim because the Yankees they they're going to have to, if they make the playoffs, they're playing the one game playoff, and most likely they will be the road team. And the Yankees will you you would think the Yankees would then pull out all the stops and make sure that they have all their guys ready. But they're still going to throw out guys like damn Litke and Michael King and Albert Abreu and other guys like that that have proven time and time again that they suck. To put it bluntly. They'll still throw out Andrew Heaney, which to this day, I have no idea what they saw in him because since he's gotten to the Yankees, he has been a walking pile of manure. He comes in all the time and gives up several runs. And when they start him, you might as well just end the game right there because the Yankees will have no opportunity to come back and there is no emotion whatsoever. The last thing I'm going to say is simply this. There is an emotionality to the game of baseball. There's an emotionality to sports. But you have brain boys like Bill James who look at it and say, oh, there's no such thing as a big game. Are you stupid or are you dumb? The Yankees have treated so many games in the past like it's nothing, like it's just another series, like it's not a big deal. This would be the right time to stop doing that and treat every single game like it's literally the last game of the season. And if they don't win it, they're going to miss the playoffs. If the Yankees continue to do things the way they've been doing them of late, they are not going to make the playoffs. And if you think that major changes are going to happen because they don't make the playoffs, you will be sadly mistaken. This organization is set in its ways and it will continue to do this until the ownership decides one day that they want to actually try to win, or the ownership then moves on and someone else takes over, which could take a very, very long time. So you can fire Cashman, you could fire Aaron Boone, you could get rid of every single player on this team right now. But if, the org- but if the ownership at the top decides that they want to continue to play baseball the way that they've been playing it, this is the result you're going to get. So that is the reality here, ladies and gentlemen. That is the major reality. So enough of this whole thing about like, let's blame it on the players. Let's blame it on the coaching staff. Let's blame it on Cashman. You start at the top and you stay at the top and then you work your way down to, to putting partial blame to everybody else. But if the organization wants to run it this way, this is what you're going to get. Have you guys ever asked yourself? I'm sure you have, because you guys watch the Yankees routinely. Have you ever watched the game even tonight? Like Mike is probably doing right now. Have you ever like, Watch this team and seen some of the guys make the same mistakes over and over again and say, Jesus, when it, like, how do they continue to do this and nobody changes anything? Oh, yeah. It's very simple. Ladies and gentlemen, the organization at the top is telling them to not do anything about it. If they, I mean, when the Yankees got swept by the blue Jays, right. The Yankees had Anthony Rizzo speaking to the media. They asked him what is going on right now? Why are you guys struggling? He shook his head, didn't say anything for a minute, and then said the words, we're just grinding. You don't say we're just grinding when you're losing games. You say that when you're winning games that are close, like, oh, we're grinding out victories, we're grinding it out. You don't say we're grinding it out when you're getting your ass kicked by a team that was behind you. The Blue Jays came into Yankee Stadium on a five-game winning streak. They left New York on a nine-game winning streak. You gave them life. You gave them the belief. This organization doesn't put belief in itself because they don't want to do that. They don't take the emotionality of the game into consideration. Aaron Boone changes the lineup every goddamn day. It doesn't. Cha- it doesn't matter. They could win 20 games and he'll still change the damn lineup. We need consistency. And we need to. St- We need to have a guy like Andrew Velasquez playing on a regular basis because he's one of the only guys in this team that shows any sort of emotion. And he's actually pretty damn consistent. That's true. So I look at this and I say to myself, this has been going on for over a decade. What makes me think that anything's going to change? Nothing. There is nothing here. So I hate to be the, the pessimistic Yankee fan here on this episode, but I'm being as honest and as truthful as I can be. The interest of the owners is not the same as the interest of the fans. If this is what if this is what Hal Steinbrenner wants, this is what we're going to get. And that is going to be the bottom line of it. That's the reality of what we're dealing with right now. The Yankees are three and seven in their last 10 games. They have a half game lead or a full game lead because they played one more game than the Red Sox. They have a full game lead or technically tied for the second wild card spot with the Red Sox. If the yep, Yankees yep. start a cold streak right now. They are screwed by the end by the end of next week. If they go lose this series to Baltimore, and then struggle against both the um, the Cleveland Indians or the Cleveland Guardians to be named later, um, yes. and the freaking Texas Rangers, by the time they get to playing Boston, they put themselves in a hole that they won't come out of. The yep. Yankees cannot afford to be two or three games behind the Red Sox by the time you get to the end of next week. If that is the case, the Yankees are screwed because they're going to be in Boston facing a Red Sox team that says, we have a chance to distance ourselves from the Yankees and solidify our spot in the playoffs. Well, the Yankees will come limping in with no emotion, no belief in itself, and they will continue to struggle because this is what we get. So that's what you're getting. If the Yankees want to make a run, as Mike said, right now would be the time. Sweep the Orioles. You don't have to necessarily sweep the Indians and Rangers. I mean, obviously, that would be wonderful if you could. But at least beat them in those series. Two out of three, please. It's not that hard. They have nothing to play for. Except to come to New York and beat the Yankees. Which is something that every team wants to do at one point or another in their existence. So, this is what's going to have to happen. They have to come through. They have to be clutch. They And Aaron Boone needs to stop touching the damn lineup and be consistent for once. Stop putting Aaron Judge batting third. Put Anthony Rizzo batting second. Put DJ batting third. And then just just keep it the way it was when you were winning 13 in a row. Because if you do that, if you have some consistency, then that can translate to something. That can translate to something. But again, I will leave it at this. If the ownership wants to continue to do things the way that they've been doing them, this is what we're going to get. And it's not going to change.
1: Wow. You Neil, know, wow, you, uh... you, should, you should do your own show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I do this I mean, for a he, living. He, I do this for a living, talking about the devils. I, I have enough. Yeah, that is true. frustration that I, I got to deal
0: and, with. And so. by the way, by the way, go subscribe to devil State of Mind podcast. And, as I,
2: and I, as I rant and rave, Urshela hit a two-run homer. Yep, but,
0: yep, I, I mean, I, yep. hit yep, a two-run homer. I meant to yeah. tell you.
1: I meant to tell you guys. If you keep seeing my head go like this, my TV is over there. So I just <laughs> no, interrupts. no. You're good. I, you're good. No, but but it's, actually, I watch that home run while you're in the middle. No, it's one of those things where it's
2: like this happens all the time. Where I'm crapping on somebody and then like the same day or a day later or something, somebody actually like it's the same guy, like comes through. So I mean, like
0: <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Birthday,
2: like, well, good for look again. The Yankees should beat the Orioles. The Orioles suck, like they really suck. They have yep, nothing. Yep. They have literally nothing. And the Yankees should be up more than two nothing if it wasn't for Cedric Mullins robbing a home run, from oh. what I was told. I didn't see it, I was just told.
0: No, he 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 robbed he robbed Gary Sanchez of a home run.
2: Oh, because Gary Sanchez can only hit home runs because that's all he's good for. <laughs> and being a horrible catcher, fielding. How many times a game did you see him Luke, get a pass ball? How many times?
1: Uh, that, that, uh, not too many. That 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 uh missed tag play against the Mets was probably the worst thing I've ever seen.
0: Oh my god! Uh, I, mean, again, I, I, again, I literally Mike, wanted
1: to strangle him at that.
2: But again, Mike, Mike, how many times, like just this year, have you seen Gary Sanchez make a mistake and wanted to yourself? How the hell is nothing being corrected? Right? You you've probably said that to yourself. Well, the, the general
1: mistake, like you know, wild pitches—that's been going on with him for years. But that tag play just can't happen. Like, that was the worst. No, sad. but at no. the
2: same time, I actually looked this up. From a from the catching perspective, pass balls. Gary Sanchez leads the majors the last three years by a whopping margin.
1: Yeah, I think nobody I think else in baseball down,
2: yeah. leads is close to him. Right,
1: but right. no, no, it's bad. Listen, it's a problem. I'm not. am not denying it's a problem. But then, but then you go to the plays like that tag play. Just it's, right. It's worse no, than it's it's <laughs> unacceptable. <unexpected. No>, that, <laughs> that, that, that was awful. Me, that was awful.
2: Gary Sanchez is one of those guys that is just not fully committed to being the best player that they can be. They're just not. And nobody in the organization is doing anything about it. What irritated me was before last season, if you guys remember, Gary Sanchez did a one-on-one interview with an ESPN writer, and it was like a featured story on ESPN. And Gary was talking about how he was feeling about being booed a lot and being criticized for the way that he plays. And he basically put it as he doesn't really care that much. He's just focused on himself. And that's about it. Now, granted, that could have been translated incorrectly, because sometimes that's the case. Right. But you know, it's kind of messed up when you read that. But Gary Sanchez is not the only person here, as I mentioned before. He's not the only guy. Right. There's a multitude of guys. Every time I seen Aaron Hicks on the bench, I want to punch my I want to punch a hole in my TV. Because all he does is sit his ass on the bench getting hurt and getting paid $10 million a year. When the Yankees two years ago gave him that seven, year, uh, $7 million contract, I was like, that is the dumbest contract I've seen. In that baseball
0: that, that, that contract. contract's abysmal now. It's abysmal.
2: But that's a Brian Cashman guy. Cashman wants to prove that he's still the head honcho. He wants to prove that his moves are good. People call him Cash God for a reason because he's made really good moves over the years. But recently, these moves have not worked out. Getting John Carlston was an awful idea, a very, very nice. awful idea. Getting Garrett Cole was fine. Getting Garrett Cole was fine. Right. Getting guys like freaking Aaron Hicks, like Joey Gallo, like Anthony Rizzo, not good. I'm I'm sorry. Like, I, I know people like Anthony Rizzo, and I know that he's done some good things. I understand. But he really shouldn't be here. Like, there was no point to getting him because you still had Luke Voigt. And you could play DJ at first, but I get the mm. whole thing about. And the other thing is this: I want to make this clear. There is absolutely no such thing as a short porch in the new in this Yank, in Yankee Stadium. There Thank is no you. Truth. There is no Thank such Thank you. Truth. And I get the whole thing. You want to balance your lineup, lefty righty. I'm totally fine with that. Totally get it. But I would rather have a dominant right-handed batting lineup if it meant that all the guys in the lineup were coming through in clutch situations.
1: Well, yeah, of course. Finally hitting and course. consistent
2: pitching are the biggest biggest things in baseball, timely hitting and, and solid pitching. The Yankees starters are fine for the yep. most part. They're well, fine. Yeah. How many times have the Yankees had to, you know, other, you know, he'll had a bad game on Monday, but you know what? Right. That was the first bad game after having four starts in a row to start his career where he hadn't given up an earned run. Mm-hmm. He would come out there and pitches his light, pitch lights out and they still wouldn't do anything. How many times has Jordan Montgomery gotten a no decision this year after pitching Oof. five, six innings of no runs or one-run ball, but the Yankees can't do anything offensively?
0: 15-0. Ridiculous. 15-0. Ridiculous. Ridiculous.
2: Derek Cole. Derek Cole several times has gone out there and pitched great, but the Yankees didn't help him. Nope. You know, with regards to the bullpen, <sighs> it's just, it's just no. Like, <laughs> I thought the Phillies' bullpen the last two years was atrocious, and believe me, it was. The, the Yankees might have taken the cake this year, oh, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And guys like Litke, guys like Andrew Heaney, <clears throat> they're just awful. Like, they really are. The most consistent pitcher in the bullpen that the Yankees have had recently is Clay Holmes. <clears throat> Clay Holmes, ladies and gentlemen, Okay the same clay Holmes that everybody thought like several years ago was going to be awesome. Same thing with uh, Clark Schmidt. And it, you know, look, knowing the Yankees, they're going to have several guys in their farm system that are going to come up and be great. Like, I know this because they do a tremendous job of scouting. You know, you got heel who looks like he could be an ace in his career, the way he's been pitching. You got that guy, what Dominguez, Who's still,
0: yeah. who's still? Yeah, Jason. Jason. Has, yeah, J- J- Jason Dominguez. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Who has
2: been tearing it up in the in the minors? You have how about, several how other about guys.
1: A, Anthony Volpe is rated even higher than Dominguez now. Yeah, and yeah, that that, Volpe, that is true. That Volpe is true. came
2: out of absolutely nowhere to to skyrocket his value. Yeah. So <laughs> yep. the Yankees have options in the future, but the reality is still that if the organization wants to continue to run the way it's been running. We're going to get frustrated every year because we're going to look at it and say, how the hell are we not doing? The, the freaking San Francisco Giants have 90 wins. They already clinched the playoff spot, and Gabe Kepler is their manager. Gabe Kepler, the same manager who was terrible with the Philadelphia Phillies. Absolutely terrible. And, the, and no disrespect to the Giants, but other than honestly like Chris Bryant, who exactly do they have? That is Buster
1: really Posey, scary. they still have. Well, they they have Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, all these guys that won that they won titles with. That are like all the sudden, uh, thank after you, their prime, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah exactly. but here's
2: the thing. Here's the thing. Do you feel scared or intimidated by them? Do you other, than, other, other than
0: those players? No.
2: No. Do you feel intimidated by Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford now at this point in their career?
1: The way they're do they doing this. The way they're doing this year. Yes. Yes. Fair yes. Enough.
2: But in general, like you look at that team. Hell. They have several guys from the Yankees that are kicking ass. Well, you know, talkman was doing well at first, now he's not. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. How's that worked out. Cairo Estrada, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And the Yankees had him, and they just gave up on him. Which, to be fair, he wasn't doing that much, but it's it's still. And that's just like that's the thing. And look, the last thing I'll say this. The two guys that are the definition of the Yankees not giving a crap are two guys that have not played in several months, and one of them may never play baseball again. That is Cliff Frazier and Miguel Andujar. Oh, my God. Cliff Frazier kept getting screwed over, screwed over, screwed over for years for very little to no reason other than his fielding was suspect. But his bat was awesome. Now, unfortunately, he's dealing with vision problems, which basically confirm that he may never play baseball again. And I don't even know what happened on Duhar. I I, like literally have no, I think he's still on the IL. That's about as much as I think I know.
1: He's been, he's been having like huge problems with his hands and wrists back to like spring training, like for months now. Oh
2: gosh. Duhar was disrespected even in his rookie year when he should have won rookie of the year. He
1: should have won it. Yep. I went nuts about that when he lost. He should have won it. He finished in third. Yeah. He
2: finished in third. And yeah, the that, that, which was a crime. Bro, and then they brought in whatever his name was, the dude from the Diamondbacks the next year, who I think is on the Blue Jays now. His name escapes me. So like Shane oh. something, or, oh, God, he wore 28. I don't even remember. He played third base. But the Yankees brought him oh, in. From uh, the-
1: you're, are you thinking of Brandon Drury? Brandon Drury. Thank you. The- yep, actually. thank you. No, he's on the Mets. He's on the Mets now.
2: Well, good for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good for him. He's probably not that good. He's probably, <laughs> he's probably terrible. <laughs> But they had but they bring in Brandon Drury the next year after he finished third in the rookie voting because Ugh. they thought that they needed a better field. It it blew my mind. And then you're yeah. shoving him into the outfield for no damn reason. And everybody's bitching and moaning about him playing in the outfield. He's not an outfielder. So why are we doing that?
1: Both, both in, in both eighteen and nineteen, the Yankees' third basemen were not people who they entered the season thinking they would be third basemen. Miguel Duhard was not supposed to be the third baseman in eighteen, and Gio Rochella was not supposed to be the third baseman in nineteen. So, yep.
2: <laughs> it, it just it's it's the lack of knowing what the hell you're doing. Pretty and much, the Yankees just don't leave well enough alone. They want to always. Move things around, which doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. Oh. Oh. And b- by the way, little bit of a note on uh, Gio Urshela. Uh that two-run home run he hit against the Orioles was his first home run since July fourth. Talk about being way overdue! Damn.
1: Come on. Well, he, that man. also also about three four weeks. of that was on the IL. But yes. <laughs> well, well. No. Well. Yeah. Well. Well. Yes. To be fair, he has not heard, But even still. Yeah. Even still. Just. So I mean. Wanted to point that you know, out. Yeah. No. Well, it's, it's, fair,
2: I, it's fair. It's fair. I am, I am tired. of <laughs> Look, I, I'm done with I'm done with the Yankees like this year. Like, even if they make the playoffs, great. I mean, I'll watch. I'm not, it's, like I'm, it's not like I'm not going to. It's just that, like, I know that nothing's going to change. And I want it to change. Like, nothing would make me happier in a really sick way. Nothing would make me happier than for the Yankees to miss the playoffs if it meant that they actually made legitimate changes to this organization. I'm not saying you have to fire Cashman. I don't I don't mind having Cashman, okay? I really don't because right. every now and then Cashman makes a good move. Trust me, he does. He's still to this day, he still does. But Boone's gotta go, and some of these guys on this team have to go. Like you have to, you don't have to rebuild, you have to retool this team. You have to retool this team. That's the way I look at it. And you know, I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't know what the Yankees thinking is right now but i'm telling you right now that what you're seeing on the field is the product of an organization from the ownership perspective that is not trying everything it possibly can to win i know that sounds ridiculous considering that they have boatloads of talent when, it, right. when they're actually hitting the ball but i mean hell they lead the major leagues in double plays by a whopping margin this team <sighs> routinely hits in the double place routinely they probably Oof. hit one tonight for all we know <laughs> I no, I'm not watching, but yeah. You know, no, you know, it, it's like it's like a meme. It's like by the time you finish reading this, the Yankees hit into another double play. Like it's literally been like that most of the year. But
0: but by, by know, the time by the time we're done recording this episode, they'll probably have like
2: five double plays. Probably. But that's just the that's all I wanted to say about that,
1: which is I, obviously I even one. I, I, good. I I even tweeted a couple of weeks ago. I was like, it is, it is incredibly I've never seen a team designed to hit home runs like this one that that pound that pounds the ball into the ground so many times. I've never seen anything. Oh, like yeah. That. Well, yeah, well, a, a team, a team, Mike, a team designed to elevate the ball, pounds it into the ground constantly. Yep,
2: I'm glad yep. Mike brought that up because here's here's another thing: how often do the Yankees level swing? How a often?
1: Lot. Never, a lot. never. Oh, wait, oh, no, I was thinking I was something completely different. They have different, an uppercut
2: every time, they have an uppercut. They they constantly do. It's so obvious. How many you know? You watch Glaber in particular. Watch when Glaber swings the bat. He ends up like backing off.
1: Glaber, his Glaber's, back Glaber's mechanics from 2019 are unrecognizable. They don't exist. No, anymore. it's like yeah, no, it's no, like he exactly. Mar-
2: It's like he became Markel Fultz and he just had like the yips and forgot <laughs> how to bat. Like it's it's amazing. Hey. And and you know what? Like Gary Sanchez, what the hell has he done different? with his mechanics, literally nothing. Cause nobody's doing anything. Aaron judge. The thing about Aaron judge is this. When Aaron judge is striding as long as he does, like when he, you know, the pitch comes and he let he lifts his leg high enough. You know what that tells you? He's, he's holding the bat too tight. He's trying to uppercut cause he's trying to hit a home run because he feels that pressure. This team uppercuts more than I've seen Tiger Woods uppercut in his entire career playing golf. That's literally how much this team uppercuts when they swing the bat. I bet you, I bet you so much money that if you go back and watch the Ursella home run that he just hit today, I bet you it was an uppercut swing. Now, Mm -hmm. does it always fail? No, but three-quarters of the time, you're swinging and missing at everything or you're hitting ground balls. Joey Gallo is the master of hitting the ball so damn high up that even his pop-ups take 30 minutes to come down. I mean, it's Mm – he – And this man is the the shimming Italian, man. He just, holy crap, he moves around so much. He moves more than the ball moves when he hits it. It's it's crazy, right? It's crazy. They all have an uppercut swing. And you know what? It doesn't, you know, you can blame Marcus Timms. You you can totally blame Marcus Timms. But he's just going off of what the organization is telling him to do. That's the way I'm looking at it. So, I mean... I don't know. I don't really want to do any. I don't want to talk. Mike, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have a rebuttal, Mike.
0: I promise. But it's currently in the top of the fourth. Yankees still have a two nothing lead, and it's also in the bottom of the tenth in Seattle, and the Red Sox have a nine three lead
1: really yeah, no, incredible they, they they with that extra inning rule they just they just pounced on seattle i was, I was like, yeah. by the way I, I i still hate the extra inning rule can we just get rid
0: of it it, I just, it, it, I it despi- really I just, is
1: i despise it too but even thank even, you uh, even uh even uh manfred that dope uh, he he basically uh, <laughs> He he basically said that he said not to expect not to expect to see that or the doubleheader rule anymore in the future. So I thank God for that. But thank heaven, Jesus! but, um, oh. you know, it, but we'll probably get expanded. Play- we'll get something else with it. We'll get expanded playoffs, which is the worst one, if you ask me. Oh. And, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know. We'll we'll get we'll get some other foolery. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, but, and but, by um, the way, um, Neil mentioned the Mets before. Uh, they're losing
0: again to the Cardinals. The Cardinals have a five one lead. Currently. killed. Yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, and and by the way, Neil mentioned before they they lost. They got shut out by a forty-year-old Adam Wainwright, who granted is pitching well, but they lost to the Cardinals. They got shut out the day after they beat them. The the Yankees they lost
1: again yesterday in extra innings, and they're losing again now. No, it's good. It's good. They what does play, that they tell play, you? The Mets they... also cannot hit. They played up they played up against the Yankees and then they went back right back to the regular ass selves. That's what happened.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. But Mike, any rebuttal on what Neil said?
1: I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> There's a lot thrown out there. Yeah, but, no, it was it it, it it was quite a bit. But uh if if any of you want to throw any of the subjects at me, I'll I'll hit it one by one, but I don't even know where to start. Um <laughs> but I mean listen, I mean I guess I'll just I guess repeat part of what I said before. I mean, I just, I think that if this team goes on a hot streak, watch out. But if they don't, then, uh, then the entire world's going to want to play them. But they, uh, yeah. I guess I'll tackle some of the front office stuff and like who's to blame if they don't make it. I mean, there's no doubt about sure. it. If they don't make the playoffs, with the expectations coming into this year and the talent they have on paper, there's no doubt that changes need to be made. Will they oh, be made? Yeah. Who the hell knows? But they'll need to be made. Um, Boone will be gone. Do I think that it'll change an awful lot? Probably not. Um, Because as long as, in my opinion, as long as Hal Steinbrenner keeps Brian Cashman at the top, uh, you're not going to see a lot of the philosophies of this team change because that's where a lot of them come from. And I think it's pretty obvious that Hal is very comfortable with Cashman running the organization. He's been there for decades, and uh, he's been running it since his father was well alive. And I don't don't see him changing that position. But – It's a trickle down. I look at the top and I go all the way down to the bottom. Nobody's free of fault. If they don't make it, in my opinion, absolutely nobody. Um, I think we could all agree that from the beginning, you know, they, they improved it a little bit with, and some people even argue this, providing some balance with Gallo and Rizzo, but, um, but from the beginning, especially with all the right-handers, I mean, and I, that was one thing I agree with Neil a lot, by the way, very much agree with that. And I said this a lot on my show too. Um, well, I do think it's, 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 you know, it's important to have a mix of righties and lefties, obviously. But right. I, don't, I don't care what you do have an overabundance of. If they're producing Then who the hell cares? So mm. well, I, I, I agree with that. Um, but I think we could, all, we could all agree that the roster construction was to be quite. It's questionable. Oh, at, yeah. At no, it is. Um, so that blame has to go to the organization, like Neil said. Yep. Then you have to look down towards the bottom and actually look at the players that are producing. Now, I, I do blame the players a great deal as well. I blame everybody. They're, they're, right. nobody, nobody, if they don't make the playoffs in, the, in this season, which would be a travesty with, with what everybody expected coming in. I mean, I blame nobody's free of it. Nobody. Coaches, manager, up front office, players, everybody's to blame. Um, a lot of the players just have straight up underperformed. That's the fact of the matter. Uh, DJ, while well, I don't think DJ is bad this year, um, and I actually, I actually, his performance doesn't bother me an unbelievable amount. I've called him out when he deserves it. Cause that's what I regularly do. Right. But, um, but his contract is not outrageous. He's not making $25 million oh. and from oh. his, and from the salary that he was making prior with the two year deal, the Yankees took on before with the two years in 19 and 20, um, every year on average, annual average he only got a three million dollar raise that's not bad oh. so so you're not you're not you're not getting you're not getting completely robbed for the services of dj lemay here right now so that's right. that's the positive even if he does do abysmal for the next five years after this one but um he, he's just he's putting up average numbers he's just he's just blah that's what he is this year he's not terrible he's blah Sounds about right. He's still providing pretty good defense, and he's hitting 270. He has double-digit home runs. He's still driving in runs here and there, but he's just not who he was before. So compared to who he was before, he's terrible. But in actuality, he's he's okay. He's fine. Right. But um, the rest of them, when I mean, you look up and down the line, my, my boy, Judge, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm one of the people, and you can disagree with this if you want. It's valid, I guess. You can put up whatever argument you want. I want to pay Judge and name him the captain this offseason. I'm one of them. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I just – and honestly, do you really ever – whether you think it's a good idea to pay Judge or not, do you really see the Yankees letting this guy go with with how marketable he is? They built the freaking Chambers from the first year he was in the league in right field. They love this kid. And this kid is like – anytime you think of Aaron Judge, anytime you think of the Yankees now, Aaron Judge comes to your mind. He's just – Yeah. He's so, he's so noble in the game. You just – his name is so recognizable. He's so marketable. If nothing else, even for not, even not for just on-field performance, for the money he makes for the Yankees and sales and otherwise, do you really think they're going to get rid of him? No. (laughs) So, so, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's the unnamed captain right now. And he is one of the only people on this team that hasn't vastly underperformed. And I, I was one of the ones in January. I don't know if you guys have been following me that long for the last eight months ago, in the middle of January, I did something very bold. I went on Twitter and I said, Aaron Judge this year is going to play 140-plus games and hit 40 bombs. I'm not so I sure did about see the, that. I'm not so sure about the 40 bombs now, but the 140 is looking pretty good in mere days
0: now. <laughs> yep.
1: So I went bold after the, last, after the way the last three years went with his injuries. I said he's going to play 140 this year. He has. I believe in the guy. I, don't, I just do. I think he's an incredibly talented kid. I mean, he's almost 30 now, if not already. But, oh, um, gosh, but I mean, because he, he came up late, he was like 25 26 when he came up, right? Right, but, yeah. But, um, but I love Aaron Judge, uh, John Carlos Stanton. Gotta give it to the guy this year, he's done a good job. He's done a good job, guy's hitting almost 280 right now, he's got almost 30 bombs. And, and when, and honestly, I think we've seen when he goes in a hot streak, and that's the key when, but when he goes in a hot streak, guy carries a whole team, yep. So, he's done a fine job this year, and honestly. I was one of the ones I was screaming and yelling since last year to put him in the outfield again, because I remember, I remember how great he was in the outfield in Miami. He was a great fielder. A lot of people forget that he, he covers a lot of ground for a guy his size and he's got a gun for an arm. And a lot of people forgot that with all the years he was DHing. I didn't. And I was the one for all these weeks, you guys probably saw it slamming the Yankees on Twitter as recently as maybe three days ago. And no, and notice since then they've been playing all of them in the lineup again. You have Luke Voigt, great. You have the luxury of putting Stanton in the outfield, Rizzo at first, and Voigt DH. Why wouldn't you do it? Exactly. And they've done it now, and look what's going on the last few days. You have all the bats in the lineup now, and you effectively cooled off Luke Voigt's red hot streak when you weren't doing it. He was slamming everybody, and they were just choosing, oh, we got a DH Stanton. We don't want him in the Mm. outfield three days in a row. Screw that. Hold on. Now, hold up. Can I interrupt
0: you for a second, Mike? Because I got to say something about Luke Voigt here. I'm gonna be real here. If I'm Luke Voigt, I'm requesting a trade. If if this if, if if this is how the Yankees are going to continue to
1: use him, I'm sorry. If I'm him, I want out. I'm sorry. If if they re-sign Rizzo, Voigt's not coming back. Oh oh, if, if they re-sign him, back. he's
0: gone. He's gone.
1: But um, but I'm so glad that these last couple of days they finally decided to do it again, play them all in the lineup. Because I mean, if if you're really a serious organization, I kept saying this on my show on on social media. If you're a serious organization, you have three bats, Stanton, Rizzo, Voigt, and you have the ability to fit in all three and you don't. What, what, are you serious or not? Are you mm-hmm. an unserious organization? You probably are. So, um, so I'm glad they started to do that again. Um, and then, of course, the injuries and COVID became a problem a lot throughout the year. Yeah. Um, it's just – it's been a crazy year. Um, and then you mix in all the – the Yankees have had a lot of embarrassing games. They have a lot of embarrassing games. They got punked by Jose Altuve twice this year. They Oof. got punked by the Mets the other night. They've gotten absolutely murdered by the Red Sox, especially in the first. What was it, like eight games, nine games before they even won one against them? I like nine games, year. yeah, nine yeah. games. Um, but it's been it's been a rough go at it. But then they, also they've had their times where they're literally the best. They went twenty three and nine. They went thirty. What was it, 30, 35 and eleven? I think they were. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It, it, like they. So that's what I said before that I have the best of the best or the worst of the worst, and if they go through the playoffs, the best of the best, you never know. <laughs> you just never know. Exactly. But, but um, but the starting pitching has got to. Here's the key. the starting pitching has got to get back to throwing five plus innings so you can give the bullpen some friggin' rest.
2: Yeah, um, they've got to get back to the it. Doing that.
1: Exactly. Um, it's a shame what happened to Tyone. I hope he comes back soon. Um, Kluber, Kluber is my freaking boy, but let's be honest. He's, he's rehabbing in a playoff push, and It's rough. Um, which I, it's rough for me to watch because I really like Kluber. And I, before the season started, I was such an advocate, advocate of his, when they signed him to the one-year deal, I was like, this guy's going to come in and he's going to kick ass. Uh, and you know what, in the month of May and and maybe really from like the middle of April, right past his no hitter, he kicked ass. Yeah, he he did. did. I was looking like a great thing. And then the next start, he gets hurt and I want to jump off the roof so (laughs) yeah pretty much and now he's back and he's and he's sort of building back up again it's rough to watch I love Kluber Mere three years ago he was a top five arm in the game (laughs) so and and then you have um, Nestor Cortez is a beautiful mystery I love the guy oh my Um,
0: god oh goodness
1: this guy is a beautiful mystery that I I don't even I don't even care to question because I just enjoy it the guy (laughs) the guy I love him uh Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole of course he'll be fine um and as far as I know, Herman's coming back soon. Uh, Severino's probably going to come back for bullpen help. If he even does, that's not a guarantee. Yeah. Um, but so they're pitching. If they do get those long relief options back, because if Herman and, and Luis Severino come back, you're probably looking at both of them being long relief, probably. Unless you build Herman up enough in these remaining AAA starts, with the AAA season is about to end very soon. If you build him up good enough, then maybe you could sneak him back in. But. If not, then I'd use him with long relief alongside Severino if, if and when they're both to come back. And then you have alongside him, you got Michael King out in the bullpen who just pitched tremendously yesterday. And to be honest with you, could be really important down the stretch here, especially with providing some rest for the rest of the pen. Oh, yeah. And the, and the bullpen, honestly, the key is just if the starters go deeper into games, you have guys like Michael King to help them out, just get them rest. Make sure you yeah. get them rest for the rest of the way out. And the offense, you know what? It'll it'll make it even easier on the pitching, both starting and bullpen, if they continue to put up runs. So just keep scoring. And but boy, does
0: that bullpen miss the wise ago, though. I mean, oh it, it, it's it's showing that they, they miss him terribly. That that's a
1: huge loss. That is the loss. The night that that report came out from that, I think it was like a, a Spanish page on Twitter. They they dropped it late at night. It was it, it was because all the beat reporters and everything didn't happen until the next morning. It was Saturday night. That's that Spanish page came out with the news. They were like, he's hitting the 10 day IL with shoulder problems. And then the next morning, Brian Hoke and all them reported on it. Right. On Sunday morning. And I had to add that last minute into my yapping Yankees recording, which sucked. So, um, <laughs> uh. so but it, it's awful because he, he's been the most consistent arm out in that bullpen amongst all year amongst Chad Green giving up game deciding home runs oh Aroldis, my God oh, he's, Chapman,
0: he's been
1: so bad a Chapman going from the best best reliever in the game to just t- utterly losing control Oof. um and now I think he's trying to find it again he looked good last night um mm. but uh by by the way by the way it's game over in Seattle
0: Boston won nine to four
1: yikes But um and then also honestly, two names that that people seem to forget about, alongside Zach Britton, of course, having the year he's had injury ridden and bad Uh, otherwise. Yeah, not um, not to mention you lost him this year and next year. Exactly. But um, there are also two other names that people seem to forget about, and understandably so, because they've barely been out there. And when one of them has, he was absolutely terrible. Um, two arms that the Yankees got this offseason that they expected to play a big part in this bullpen this year. Anybody remember their names? Darren uh, O'Day, Justin Wilson, ring a bell? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Justin, yeah, Wilson, Justin, Justin Wilson was here six years ago and was actually really freaking good. Um, and then he left, team hopped for a little bit, most recently with the Mets, had a great, had great last two years, came here, and I expect him to pick up right where he left off in 2015 when he was really good here he sucked. Yep. And then you have Darren O'Day who I see as a bigger tragedy because Darren <laughs> O'Day these last few years has been really good and he's a really good seasoned bullpen arm and he gets hurt and he's out for the rest of the year. Oof. And when he did Terrible. pitch, which is what makes it a tragedy, he was really good this year when he pitched for the Yankees, he did a fine job and he was yeah. to be a very good arm out of that pen. He's gone for the year. So you factor in losing Britain, and when he was, and when Britain was here, him not, him not even being a shell of his former self, and being horrible, and um, and that Field of Dreams game still haunts me. Oh my God! And and then you have guys who you expected to play big parts in this bullpen, and O'Day and Wilson. You have Chapman losing control. You have Chad Green giving up key game deciding home runs all year. Those are five arms in the bullpen that you expect to be a massive part of it. And the only ones that came through consistently was Jonathan Loisaka. Yep. So this, it's a a lot of crap happened this year. That's what I'm trying to get at. A lot of crap happened and things did not turn out the way the Yankees wanted them to. And Mm -hmm. they had to readjust. Some of that's their fault. Some of it's not. But (laughs) regardless, even through all the crap, back to what I said before, they hit the hot streak at the right time, they will be okay. If they take care of these bad teams like they have to, they I don't want to say that cuz the next 9 games after that will be make and break two against the AL East. But <laughs> true, they, true. They'll certainly be in better shape than not if they take care of these bad teams going forward. They have to do it. Um Yep. But those games especially against the AL East to end those last 9 games. You want to make the playoffs, you have to do it. There's no way around it. You got to pit. You got to give length as a starter. The bullpen's got to hold it together. The offense has got to stop fooling around. Got to go out there and put runs up. Um, this is the time for it to happen. Um, one thing I'll say right now is that I'm scared crapless of the Blue Jays. I'll just add that little tidbit. I am scared Oof. crapless. Oof. Of that. Um, Boy. <clears throat> but listen, if the Yankees want it, then I, I hate to sound like Aaron Boone, but they're they are in control of their own destiny. They literally are. <laughs> um, they, if they if they want to go out there and win and they don't underperform and they don't make their silly mistakes on defense and decision-making and fundamental baseball, they'll win. But that's the first step to writing the wrong. So they got to take care of business. And, and if they, if they win this game tonight, if they hold this lead, if they hold this lead and they sweep tomorrow, cause Nestor's looking freaking great. I love this guy. He's looking oh, great. Um, <clears throat> he, he's striking everybody out. Every time I look over, he's striking somebody else out. And, the, must, the
0: mustache has to
1: go, though. I'm sorry, I don't like it. All right, Listen, don't touch a thing if you're to Cortez, right? Don't touch a thing. It's fine. The, the mustache. If he wants to look like Mario from Super Mario, fine. <laughs> go out there and look like that. I, it's fine. You're pitching. You're pitching to a 260, 250 ERA. Go do. put True. whatever facial hair you want, except for a, a facial like I guess in the Yankees, I have something to say about it. But do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Whatever, right. man. That's my analysis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the bottom line with the New York Yankees. We've had our two cents. Let's hear yours. What are your two cents about the Yankees? And will they hold on to a wild card spot? Let us know on all social media at bottom line WMCX. And don't forget to use the hashtag bottom line. And before we wrap things up, Mike, how can people find out more about your podcast and where can people follow you on social media?
1: All right. Well, uh, you could the pages you could follow me on social media on my Facebook fan page. It's Mike Scudero NY. Uh, Twitter is at Mike Scudero. If you if you want your entertainment, that's where to go. My Twitter page. And <laughs> um, on Instagram, it's Mike Scuds ninety seven. And uh, to find Yapping Yankees, it's available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Those four of the main ones that I upload to. Um, and there's a new episode every Sunday. And uh, if you want every every single thing covered in the Yankee universe and yapping Yankees, is it? I I, I talk everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> there if, you if, go. If someone farts in the Yankee clubhouse, I talk about it. So, oh my god! So um, so that, that's the deal. But but <laughs> I uh, I wanted to thank you guys very much for having me on today, and I just want to send one last message out to the Yankees. It sure. is not it is not nearly over yet because this this these standings right now are packed tighter than a pack of sardines they that which is why which is why i (laughs) which is why i constantly keep on saying that literally if they if they want it it's right there for the taking they just have it it it, it is it's just the fact no you're right
2: you're right so um
1: so i i'm believing in them i believe in them till the end i can't not because i i have i have a problem but um or, or or Depends. Depends. Um, <laughs> depends on the person. But right. But listen, that's basically my final message. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I had a great time.
0: Oh, Thank you. Dude, are you are you kidding? It was absolutely our pleasure. And hey, you are always welcome back. Anytime you want to talk some Yankees and hey, maybe all things baseball in general, we would love to have you back on in the future. Thank you again so much, Mike. He is. Mike Scudero of the Yappin' Yankees podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to him on all audio platforms as well as on YouTube. And go subscribe to Neil and his podcast, Devil State of Mind, as well. Again, let us know what you think
2: new about the Yankees. Tomorrow.
0: Yes, there you go. What do you think about so the Yankees? Okay. Will they... What's that, Neil?
2: No, I just said again, again. New, new episode tomorrow. Oh,
0: <laughs> there you go. But will the Yankees hold on to a wild card spot? Let's hear from you. For Newville Piano and for Mike Scudero, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Peace and take care.